Hi everyone, welcome to What's Your Damage? I'm Annabelle. I'm Sierra. And for this week's episode, we're moving away from the overtly spooky and we're going to look at some of the best films made in the early 2000s, which are Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, we have a lot to say. You may be thinking, why would you talk about Pirates of the Caribbean? That's so passe. But let me tell you. There is a lot of content and we we will be getting through it. So you might want to pause, get a cup of tea, get a coffee, get, just make some dinner because we're in for the long haul here, folks. This is going to be a long one. Um, I have a list of things to talk about because I'm actually, I have thoughts. Um, so the other week <laughs> I was on Twitter and I saw some tweets that were like, hey, does anyone ever even remember what the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were actually about? And then I thought, oh my god, I spent my whole childhood watching them, and I couldn't even tell you what a single one was about. And I was dying laughing, and I went up to Annabelle, and I showed her, and I was like, isn't that true? And she goes, actually, no, I I love those films. (laughs) Like, actually, those are great films. My brain is an encyclopedia for Pirates of the Caribbean knowledge. That's all I have in this. The rest of my head is empty. Wisps of cloud, and there's just a little corner that's just all about Barbosa. So we had a <laughs> Barbosa. We had a whole viewing spree and we watched all five films and now we're here to tell you what's good. So yeah. do you have any thoughts you'd like to start us off with? Um that I love these films <laughs> and they were a massive part of my childhood. And if any of you come and say these are not good films, I will personally rake you over the coals because you don't know what you're talking about. They're actually so good and I think I mean, okay, so when we were watching them this time, because obviously I watched them, I watched them a ton as a a child. Um, When we were watching this time, I was like, I'm actually going to make sure I understand everything that's going on. Because I think as a kid, I just focused on like the action scenes and the battle scenes and stuff. Um, And it's really complex plot lines. Like it's not some simple Disney film, in my opinion, at least. And the language too, like for a kid, it's hard to know what's going on. Yeah, they were definitely made for more of an older age group, like early teens, I think, because a small, small child would not understand what was going Mm. on at all. I think that for the early 2000s, they were extremely groundbreaking films. Like, if you watch the first one, it's – I forget that that was made in 2003. Like. Well, it came out in 2003, so it was made before that. Like, that is crazy, the amount, the quality of those films for how early they were. And I think that's why they were so popular at the time, because in the early 2000s, you had really hadn't seen films like that. Yeah, To that degree. I mean, I would say, I mean, I would say Spider-Man is, like, kind of also groundbreaking in early 2000s of, like, action films. But I just think even the CGI in Pirates of the Caribbean, we'll we'll just talk about Black Pearl for right now. Yeah, let's start off Um, with cast of the black pearl i just think you see those cgi skeletons which we're using that as an excuse for how this is a spooky film and why we're talking about (laughs) it in reality we just love it um that's really fucking good for 2003 i mean wouldn't you agree yeah absolutely i think they must have had some crazy budgets for that film because it's kind of unlike anything that had been made before in terms of the CGI and just how they filmed all the boats out at sea. Like, it all looks like they are just in the middle of the sea Mm -hmm. on these boats. It's amazing. Keira Knightley in a red dress. I mean... Keira Knightley swashbuckling with a massive sword. Keira Knightley. Just Keira Knightley in general. (laughs) 
swashbuckling that is what killed me when we were watching the films and it said i was looking them up on wikipedia and it said the most successful films of the swashbuckling genre (laughs) i pretty much lost my mind yeah um but yeah kira knightley amazing and kira knightley and also kira knightley and also kira knightley orlando bloom sure but Yeah. yeah i have to say the standout for me in Cast of the Black Pearl is Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa. He is incredible and I think he's amazing. I think he's amazing in every single one of these films. His character is so well-rounded and so well thought out and you can tell that he's done so much preparation work the to acting. really bring his character to life. It's it's acting, it's character acting that um, it's fashion. <laughs> it's character acting that I think is just actually has a lot more depth than Johnny Johnny Depp's yeah. um, Captain Jack Sparrow. Because Johnny Depp's Captain Jack Sparrow kind of relies on these funny lines and sort of this drunken demeanor. Yeah. Whereas I think Barbosa, it's character acting, but there's a little bit more depth there required. I think and there's, there's a so little bit more depth. Yeah. I feel like you you can see him and you know that there is a full, complete backstory mm-hmm. to Barbosa. And you do find out more about that as the films go on. God tier character. Yeah, really god tier character. Whereas I think with Jack Sparrow, like he's great, he's funny, and he is like what brings all of the films together. He is like the one narrative thread going through every single one of the films. But he is just kind of a drunk lunatic running around on ships, waving a sword around. I just want to put a quick disclaimer in here, which is that we're not super supportive of Johnny Depp's um, personal life and just the character that he is. Um, We're not supportive of that. We're not, like, glorifying him or anything like that. Um, But he obviously is a major part of these films. So we are going to be talking a little bit about, like, sort of what he adds to them and how that shaped his Hollywood career at the time, but we are not like Johnny Depp's dance. Yeah, we don't condone any of his actions. Yes. So let's move on to happier topics. We <laughs> well, an- well, actually, going back to that, um, another character that I love is Mr. Gibbs. Like, yeah, um, uh, yeah, yes. also god tier character. <laughs> god tier. He's always there. He's always delivering the funny lines. He's reliable. Like, there's pour just one, one out for Mr. Gibbs. There's one bit um, when. Jack and Will go to Tortuga to go and get him and to like get the crew together and he's like asleep with this pig and then Jack throws this water over him to wake him up and then he kind of like freaks out and is like oh what's going on blah 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 and then Will throws the second pail of water over him and he's like why did you do that and Will just goes the smell and then he's just (laughs) he just goes for the smell yeah okay like comedy gold Comedy gold. Wait, let's talk about your other favorite characters, which are those two oh, pirates. Regetti and Pintel. Like the fact that she knows their names. I just know them as the gross two pirates, one of them with the missing eye. Yeah, so Regetti is the one who has the wooden eye that keeps falling out, and Pintel is his best buddy with like the long hair. They are two of my favorite characters they are also god tier characters for me they just really bring the whole thing together and i love how there's this little bromance between them because pirates were really affectionate with each other and they were very like we were watching i don't know how even to describe it they just they had like such a 
care for each other because they were out at sea all this time and obviously they're going to bond and I love their friendship. We were watching and I go, there's no way he doesn't have a brain infection by now. <laughs> when, when talking about Rigetti and she goes, a brain infection? And I said, yeah, because he's got this eye, this like wooden eyeball rolling around on deck, being touched by everyone's filthy hands, being bitten by a monkey. And then he puts it back in his eye socket. I'm sorry. Infection. Maybe not brain infection. I don't know where I picked that up from. I mean, it is gross. But it is also one of the nine pieces of eight. So maybe it's magical. Mm. Maybe that's why. I've just thought of that. I didn't think of that at the time when you said yeah, it. But maybe that's why. It's um, It doesn't affect the immune system, perhaps. Yeah. Although maybe I'm getting too nitpicky for a supernatural film. Which yeah, is really I what mean, it is. If we're going to tear it apart, then there's so many other things that we could also say they should have died, had brain infections. What, what else really do you love about just Black Pearl specifically? You know what I'm going to say? <laughs> what? The soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so just for reference, we love this soundtrack. I think, aside from the Harry Potter soundtrack, this is my favorite film soundtrack of all time. I think it's I mean, beautiful. Hans Zimmer goes off like one night after we finished i think it was at world's end don't tell people this no no i'm gonna tell them it was the trailer started rolling the music was going and we were lying in sierra's bed and we both just start dancing and our arms are going it's a rave honestly put that on in the club and i'll go off like seriously (laughs) it fucks like something actually really embarrassing about me do you remember when like itunes you had to like buy songs for 99 cents and like if you got a gift card you could have like you could buy like an album every birthday every christmas (laughs) i asked for one i remember i had like 99 cents left and i bought the pirates of the caribbean the main theme and like i would listen to it like on my ipod i like i would actually listen to it it's amazing (laughs) like that's what i spent my time doing as a child I know the, the first, the soundtrack for Curse of the Black Pearl was actually made by a German composer whose name I'm going to butcher now and I'm really sorry. It was Klaus Bedelt? Bedelt? Possibly. Don't know. Um, but he was hired by Hans Zimmer to make that. Uh, so he actually wrote the He's a Pirate music, <laughs> which changed my life. John Williams watched this and he said, I could never honest Hans Zimmer saw the philosopher's stone and said that's good but I raise you pirates of the Caribbean see how you like that Williams look it fucks that's all I'm gonna say about it okay put that on in the club and I will go off maybe remix it a little bit yeah so speaking of put that on in the club and I'll go off Mm. the next film dead man's chest and my favorite Mm -hmm. favorite this is one of my top 10 favorite films of all time i you, love everything about this you one. showed me that picture of um who plays davy jones bill nye bill nye and he's got those dots all over his face yeah. for the cgi and he's like looking really angry it is so good please look that bill up bill nye is i think just such a treat to watch oh he's, in he's everything well done i think they like the CGI was amazing for 2002, 2003 in Curse of the Black Pearl, but for Davy Jones, they stepped it up so hard. Like everything about the Flying Dutchman is so well done. 
and just even just the way that all his tentacles move when he's angry like it's so beautiful okay it's terrifying not but to it's gorgeous. like not to like keep bringing up stuff we said but also we're hilarious so i'm gonna do it <laughs> um so we're like watching these films and i'm like really into it i get very overexcited about many things in my life um I go, there's like some sort of battle scene, I think, between the Flying Dutchman and the, the Black Pearl. And they're they're chugging these cannonballs. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, look how much damage. Like, cannonballs are no fucking joke. And, and you're <laughs> saying, you know, not even a single man can pick up. You need multiple men to pick up these no, cannonballs. Said, they're so heavy. I said there's no way that men could pick them up with their bare hands. <laughs> and then at the exact same moment, Rigetti and Pintel walk past <laughs> cannibal in each hand just shoving them I, in the car. I shouldn't be allowed to speak like I don't know what I'm talking about ever I'm about to get a PhD and I have no <laughs> clue what I'm saying just so you know it's all a joke yeah yeah this is my favorite I love as I said I love everything about it I think the soundtrack's gorgeous I love the whole backstory of bootstrap bill turner and the flying dutchman mm-hmm. i love because he was kind of referenced in the first one but i love that we actually get to meet him and he starts to develop a relationship with will which they never got to have before because he was trapped on this ship mm-hmm. and it's nice to have those father-son moments which comes to the fore in the next one i think uh, just it's it's more entertaining as well in that we have this sort of crew of like half sea creature half human people which is just like an interesting element yeah i think all of it's just like really really fun to watch you know what i mean and i love how much um like mythology about the sea that they brought in so how you have the kraken davy jones locker like all of that stuff that is like pirate lore all got used really effectively yeah we have but the most important part of dead man's chest is that we get to see Kira Knightley dressed in male pirate clothes and I just feel like that was a cultural reset especially for bisexuals that is why our generation is the way that we are okay so we have to talk about something else which is a big reason why I love this film in the first one James Norrington, who's the Commodore that wants to marry with Elizabeth, the wig. with the wig. He's kind of uptight, highly strong. He looks like he'd be a nightmare to deal with. He comes back in Dead Man's Chest, grimy, long dark hair, looks like he could beat you up in a fight. And Annabelle lost her mind. I think <laughs> him, both the combination of him and Victor from The Court's Bride is why I like the men that I do. Um, I want also want to point out that she has said the same about Lucius Malfoy in Harry no! Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, but it's only after he's been in battle, and yeah. he's a little bit grimier it's, and a little bit, you know, edgy. It's honestly from, like, after the battle at the Ministry. Unclean, unshaven. After that, when he's losing his mind, Jason's like, Jason Isaacs, if you're listening. She can't even say it. She's too overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> he was a good down. character too. I just think the movies started and then they got successful. And then the second one really, I think, what is the word? <laughs> Lived up to. There we go. Yeah. Lived up to the hype. I think it was just as good as the first one. Yeah. And I love the very, very ending when they've lost Jack to the locker, like the Kraken has eaten the Black Pearl and Jack after Elizabeth ties him to the mast, blah, blah, blah. 
and then they go to see Tia Dolma mm. and then she says well you're gonna need a captain Barbosa just comes down the stairs and is like you're right lads Barbosa and then we lose our minds Barbosa's like I will always show up because I it is my job to defeat Jack Sparrow I will come back from the dead to be better than him yeah and he is better than him just gonna say it Barbosa beats Jack Sparrow any day well yeah there's something about Jack Sparrow that makes you want to keep him alive and like have him as captain but he's he is useful kind of, but he's not he's kind of a moron he is a moron he's a total moron <laughs> he is a moron <laughs> that's a fact I think on that note we should move on to yeah. at world's end which here's where the movies for me get a little bit too long and drawn out and I feel like they are not as great as the first two. Still really good, still really entertaining, but I did fall asleep during this one. I'm not going to lie. That's because it is, it's like three hours long, and that is so long. Like the first two were kind of long films, but this one, it just goes on and on. And I love it, don't get me wrong, but there were quite a few scenes that we didn't actually need. And I do understand they had so many like narrative threads to tie up, and they couldn't, I think because they weren't necessarily gonna do the fourth and fifth ones they wanted to like wrap it up because this is also where we kind of lose will and elizabeth at least until the fifth one i think the problem for me with this movie is that we've already been introduced to all of these like supernatural elements and stuff and all of this other stuff that happened in the first and second and i think they rely a little bit too much on that backstory and the success of the first two films and then they don't feel like they have to set up a foundation for the plot line as much as they had to with the first two films so for me it falls a little short because it's just riding on the coattails of the first two and i'm just not as invested because they haven't set anything up the first one we obviously have the introduction to everything that's going on with the curse and then the second one, we, we're introduced to Davy Jones, which is something we, we weren't introduced to before. And the third one, I think, it's still a great film, but they're just relying too much on what happened before. And for me, I like lost interest a little bit. Something new that I love in this one, because I love, I love it when a film creates lore and has a whole world beyond the film that helps it feel like this story isn't just an isolated story. It takes place in a wider setting is the Brethren Court, where they have all the nine other pirate lords. And we get to meet Keith Richards Keith, as Jack's dad. Keith and Richards. he is amazing. You can tell he just came in and he just said, I'm just going to make these lines up I, as I go. I can guarantee that someone at Disney was like, we need an aging rock star to like give it a bit of spice. And then someone went, should we just ask Keith Richards? And then they just called up his manager and were like, do you think Keith will want to do it? The manager said yes. And then Keith just rocked up on the day, put the wig on, sat in the chair you and could, was like, let's go. He just wrote those lines on the spot. He, he completely made it <laughs> You could tell spot. he just came in and made I it up on the spot. I love it. He's amazing. But yeah, I love that whole scene when they're in Shipwreck Cove and Elizabeth gets elected King of the Brethren Court. I just love it because I love it when a film like I said earlier, has lore and a whole world that surrounds it and you get a bit more context into mm. the world that it's set in. Because I did always wonder, where are all the other pirates? Because it can't just be Davy Jones and like the Black Pearl and Barbosa. I think it's good. there has good. to be a whole other world. I think the last scene 
well, not last scene, but one of the la- the la- climax of the film where there's like 30 straight minutes of fighting. Yeah. Um, and they're circling like the what is it the like abyss basically that was really epic i mean it's an entertaining film i think the whole calypso thing went a little bit too far like i was just like meh not for me but i died laughing when they're trying to release calypso (laughs) from her human bonds and they're like oh like it's not working like apparently it has to be said like it is said to a lover. And then Barbosa just kind of shouts it into the <laughs> sky. And then Rigetti just goes, no, no, no. And then he just goes, Calypso, I released you from your human bonds. And then it does it. And then he's just this one little guy. <laughs> said Rigetti fucks. <laughs> you could tell. He changed the game. Rigetti stands for the win. You can tell Rigetti's like, um, yes, I've been around the block. I have taken many lovers. He has been to Tortuga probably too many times. <laughs> But um, yeah, in that massive fight scene, there's a shot that I absolutely love when Cutler Beckett kind of gives up fighting and he just knows that he isn't going to win against any of these pirates. And he's walking down the stairs and his ship is blowing up. Everything's on fire and he's so calm and collected and he just walks to his death. And it is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. If I can find a picture, I'll put it on the Instagram so then you know what I'm talking about. But that shot and Tom Hollander's face, who's the actor who plays him, is just so he looks like he's dead already. Like he's just completely gone. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it's time to bring these films back because I think they were super popular at the time. There was like a very much a cool factor associated with them. They were definitely like the hot thing of the time. Um, and now they're kind of seen as just like these old early 2000s films. But I think watching them now in 2020, they really hold up, you know. Like I still think they're really entertaining. They're still fun to watch the second time around. And I think even on a more technical level, like the effects and the way that they shot everything still holds up. Like At World's End came out 13 years ago and it looks like it could have been made in 2018. Mm-hmm. I think we should move on now to the fourth and fifth. Yeah. And I think we're going to talk about them sort of concurrently. Um, They're like the first two where it sort of ventures outside of this main cast that we have of like Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley aren't in it that much. We still have Jack Sparrow. Um, yeah, obviously. we have Jack Barbosa. Mr. Gibbs is in it a little bit, not as much as before. And Rigetti and Pintel. This is the point where a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean Caribbean people stopped watching, including me when I was young. I didn't watch the fourth and fifth one. Um, I enjoyed them. They're good. They're cute. Um, were they as good as the first three with the core cast? Not, no. no. Not in my opinion. I do quite like the fourth one because I love the Blackbeard story. Mm. Just on like a, in a, you know, in real life. I think Blackbeard is a fascinating person and I would have very much liked to have met him. And I think Ian McShane, who plays him, does a really, really good job. But I think it just kind of, it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way I can describe it. Like, they're still good films. Yeah, they're good. They're solid. But are they, like, life-changing? No. No. I I don't think they were a cultural reset in the way that Castle of the Black Pearl was. Exactly. Um, I love how Paul McCartney comes in and he's just like, oh, 
I'm sorry, Keith yeah, Richards in, got to do this. Yeah, I'm so going to do it too. So Keith Richards comes back in On Stranger Tides, which is the fourth one, right at the beginning. It's just in the pub, which is very Keith Richards energy for me. And then <laughs> in Dead Men Tell No Tales slash Salazar's Revenge, depending on which region you're in. First one's better. we're in Salazar's Revenge. Um, he, I think it was like Paul McCartney just went, if he gets to do it, I want to go. And then he's in this prison cell. And then I, I go to Sierra. I point. I'm like, do you know who that is? And she's like, who? It doesn't like, look like it's him. It's Paul McCartney. It sounds like him, but it doesn't look like him. Yeah. How like you can you tell. No, you can tell he just I was like, I want to be in this too. Excuse me. I also want to. And rightly so. Yeah. If someone came to me and said, do you want to be a pirate? I would say yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to be a pirate. Um. I think we need to talk about something very important okay. in the fifth one. Yeah, which is... Which I feel like you're looking at my notes and you just saw. No, I had it on my notes too. I was just looking to see how much you had left because I feel like it's... I feel like we've said a lot and it's time to talk about the last thing, which is the most important thing, which is we've yeah. already talked about a lot about how much we love Barbosa and yeah. how much he means to us. So for the final film, I think it's definitely more of a fun film, whereas mm-hmm. the others are kind of funny and dramatic where I think this is like just some good old fun and the thing that isn't fun and is actually quite heartbreaking is Barbosa and Karina's storyline yes so if you haven't seen the film spoiler alert years later when did the movie come yeah. out 2017 so- I think um Karina is actually Barbosa's daughter and she doesn't find out until the very end yeah, and so he doesn't find out until halfway through so she is a, like an astronomer horologist mm-hmm. like very intelligent she knows loads about the stars and the sea and she goes on this journey with them and she's she's she stood on the boat and she has this kind of book that was left to her by her father which has this ruby in it and then barbosa is kind of talking to her and then he basically just says oh, well, what's your name? And then she goes, oh, I was named after the brightest star in the sky. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Karina. And then you kind of see in his face this moment where he's like, this is her, I mm-hmm. found her. And then throughout the films, he's always referencing that he's just looking for treasure. So he's yeah. always after the treasure. At the very and- beginning of the film, he's like, oh, I'm a pirate. So I'm just always going to be looking for treasure until the day that I die. And it's up until this point that you're like, oh, he means literal treasure, mm-hmm. like gold and silver. So then at the very, very end of the film, when they're being sort of anchored out of there, they're on, they're holding onto this huge anchor. They're getting reeled out back onto the ship. If they let go, they'll fall back into, like, the ocean abyss and And die. And Salazar's climbing up behind them to kill them. Yeah. So Karina sort of falls, and Barbosa catches her. And then it's at this point where sort of you realize Barbosa is not going to be able to hang on and he's going to die. And Karina sort of realizes that that's her father. And she... Yeah, so Salazar's coming up behind her, like, he's about to get her. She says to him... Who am I to you? And, and he, then he tells her to hang on to the tells her to hang on to the anchor because he is going to sacrifice himself. And the moment before he does, he says, "Treasure." 
and then he lets go and he gets his sword and he Look. goes and takes down Salazar and then she just watches him fall past her and he's smiling because he's finally found his daughter. Look, it hit me hard. It's a lot. I was in tears. The way he looks at her and he just says treasure and he smiles and then he drops like, no, no, That's I was not day. ready. Yeah, it's a lot. It's very emotional. Mm. So I'll give it credit for that. And I think Javier Bardem's pretty good. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like the series was kind of like over for me at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, when it, it wasn't really a series anymore by then. Yeah. I think the first three is the series and then the other two. Yeah, I they're like add stand alone, really. Yeah. I think that that is all we have to say about that. Go and watch the Pirates of the Caribbean films if you haven't seen them in literal years like I had. Um, and now I think we should move on to the What's Your Damage segment. Yeah. This week, my damage is that I have to pay like £800 worth of bills because I have all my bills plus the service charge for my building. Thriving. And I don't have a job because of lockdown. So who knows what's going to happen here? So listen to our podcast so we can make money. Yay. Yeah. Um, I don't really have one, but as I was uh, thinking about work, I was just thinking about the way that British people <laughs> will just look at you. And no matter what you're doing, if you're just standing there or if you walk into work or if you have a question, they'll just look at you and they'll be like, you're right. You're okay. But then you're not – there's no – good response and there's nothing really to say yeah, back what you say back is yeah you're right but then you're just repeating the same thing yeah, it really upsets it. me i'm that's very it. much bothered by it it makes no sense to me i remember trying to explain this to two of my australian friends once because one of them asked me oh you're right and then i was like yeah you're right and then they answered back and started saying how they were and i was like you're i just saying, looked out like what and then i was trying to explain that Asking, oh, you're right, is different to how are you? Those are two very different questions. But it's so dumb. I'm just like, why ask me a question when you don't want to answer to it? It's not a question. It? It's just like another way of saying hello. And well, then leave me alone. I'm up. It bothers me. It's my damage. It upsets me. Thank you for listening. This has been Watch Your Damage. I'm Annabelle. I'm Sierra. And we'll be back again soon with probably more of a scary, spooky topic than this week. But this is the last PSA. Watch Pirates of the Caribbean again because you will not be disappointed. Bye. Bye.